If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ahe Media. HHS just put out a statement clarifying um, around some reports uh, that crack pipes are not going to be part of the safe smoking kits that are funded by the administration. Um, but can you clarify for us, were they never a part of the kit or were they removed in response to this reporting and this pushback? The they were never a part of the kit. It was inaccurate reporting and we wanted to put out information to make that clear. Crack is whack. What is in the safe smoking kit? Uh, the safe smoking skin may contain alcohol swabs, lip balm, other materials to promote hygiene and reduce the transmission of diseases like HIV and hepatitis. Crack is whack. I would note that what we're really talking about here is steps that we're taking as a federal government to address the opioid epidemic, which is killing uh, tens of thousands, if not more, Americans uh, every single day, week, month of the year. Crack is whack. Uh, we put out this statement, though, because there was inaccurate information out there. Or I should say HHS put out the statement because there was inaccurate information out there. And we wanted to provide clarification on the allowable uses for the HHS harm reduction program. It's not a change in policy. Uh, this program, though, is focused on harm reduction strategies, including prioritizing the use of fentanyl test strips and clean syringes. And all of these harm reduction services uh, that will be supported by these programs are, are intended to save lives from an epidemic that we know is uh, is devastating to communities across the country. Crack is whack. Thank you, yes. Uh, that's Whitney Houston I put in there. Remember that famous quote from Whitney Houston, crack is whack. Okay, this story broke uh, this past week and there are some, yet yeah, many inaccuracies, but to which of even the inaccuracies, inaccuracies I begin to question. Uh, that, amongst other things going on, the Ukraine, right? Government censorship, right? All here on Standing Ground, my email, standingground1776 at gmail.com, standingground1776 at gmail.com. But first up on this evening's program, I am Jeremy Lay. It's 10 p.m. on the East, 7 on the West. First up, Drugs. Drugs. Thank you. No, I'm straight. I meant, are you in here for drugs? Why are you here? Drugs. 
Welcome to Standing Ground with Jeremy Leahy. Team, I think we'll all have a groovy time. Now ready to serve up a tasty dish of news and insight. Flooded with rivulets of thought cascading into a waterfall of creative alternatives. News, politics, and humor. For Jeremy, it's an art form. Get out of town. I didn't know you did anything creative. Jeremy Leahy. This is a political movement. Word of the wise. He's known to be a little unpredictable. You should fully expect the unexpected. Thoughtful, reasonable, intelligent, and... One of the most prominent legal thinkers of his generation. Hold it, hold it, what the hell is that shit? What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Always informative, always fun. Yeah, fun is fun, but you know you can carry joking too far. Somebody could end up getting hurt. Yes, he admits it from time to time his mouth gets him in trouble. You know, I just said what I said and it was wrong or was taken wrong, but now it's all this. You can always email Jeremy at standingground1776 at gmail.com. That's standingground1776 at gmail.com. You know the little bing, bing, bing? I love you very much. All in all, it's been said that Jeremy has... Courage, dedication, daring, pride, pluck, spirit, grit, metal... And guts, including the corn. Now, here's Jeremy Leahy. We've got news for you this evening. Joe Biden, the president, has announced another piece of his highly promoted equity agenda. That's the government-wide effort to improve the lives of African Americans. You may recall that on his first day in office more than a year ago, the new president explained that equity will require determination and creativity. And this week, he proved that's true. Joe Biden's latest idea is to pay black people to smoke more crack. Going forward, the administration will send at least $30 million in tax money to nonprofits and local governments so they can purchase, quote, safe smoking kits and supplies. According to HHS, these kits will contain Joe Biden-approved pipes that will allow beneficiaries of the equity agenda to smoke crack cocaine as well as crystal meth. Okay, when this story broke... It was all over the place. It was the Biden administration spends $30 million to send crack pipes to disadvantaged uh, African-Americans. It turns out that the, quote, crack pipe was not part of the kit. That in the smokers part of the kit, there, there are things like, I think it's called Narcan, all this other stuff. To help someone to to revive someone who's had an opiate overdose or whatever. But in the kit, there are things like Jen Psaki, you just heard her say, antiseptic wipes, uh, chapstick, things like that, you know, to help clean the ends of the crack pipes if you're sharing it with somebody or smoking kits, whatever. Okay. well, allow me to opine on this. I am of the personal belief, but I have no way of proving it. I have no way of knowing for a fact. I am of the personal belief that originally crack pipes were included in the smoking kit part of this program to uh, of, uh, of racial equality for drug users. Um, income equality, help them out uh, so they can, you know, I don't know, but do drugs more more safely. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't see any providing antiseptic wipes to wipe your your crack pipes or whatever, or even giving clean needles. I don't know how that's not encouraging someone to partake in illicit drug use. I just, it's just, it's saying, yeah, go ahead and do it. Just do it safely, according to us. Well, just to back up, yeah, it says, no, it turned out that the crack pipes were never originally part of the, of the kit. 
I believe they were. And what happened is when the shit hit the fan, HHS and the White House had to come out and realize how do they backpedal. So who knows? Maybe at some point we will get to the bottom of it and find out that, yeah, in fact, originally the plan was to put crack pipes into the into the smoking kits. Okay, so the story breaks. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to side with Jen Psaki in the sense that it appears that it was inaccurate reporting. Okay, I forget. It might have been been the free beacon. I forget. But regardless, someone someone screwed up and didn't get the story straight. Notwithstanding, even if they don't put the crack pipes in, like I just said before, they are encouraging drug use. Okay, here's Senator John Kennedy of Louisiana. This is courtesy of Sean Hannity and Fox News. Once again... Intelligence is chasing the Biden administration, (laughs) but the Biden administration is managing to beat it. Uh, This entire controversy, in my judgment, Sean, is why millions of Americans tonight are thinking, you know, Republicans aren't perfect, and God knows we're not. But the other side is crazy. Now, think about this. The president, President Biden has decided to take $30 million of taxpayer money from his emergency COVID bill that he passed with Democratic support last March. And he wants to use it to facilitate the smoking of crack cocaine and meth. Now, stop right there for one moment. I assume... If the crack pipes and all that, whatever, what in this paraphernalia kit, I assume that Hunter gets one, uh, specially hand delivered by <laughs> the United States Secret Service. All right, continue. In the name of racial justice, racial equity, he he says his people say they can make the smoking of crack cocaine and meth safer. First, why are they using COVID money? Number two, why are they using any money at all? There's no safe way to smoke crack or meth. Sooner or later, it kills you. And that's just a fact. Why do we want to facilitate it? Why, Americans are asking themselves, wouldn't we, we take this money and use it to help people Get off! The, get off the illicit drugs. Crack is whack. Let, let's play. Let's 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 play part of that again because John Kenny, like he always does, brings it all home. Let's listen to this again. First, why are they using COVID money? Number two, why are they using any money at all? There, there's no safe way to smoke crack or meth. Sooner or later, it kills you, and that's just a fact. Why do we want to facilitate it? Why Americans are asking themselves, wouldn't we we take this money and use it to help people get off the, get off the illicit drugs? Crack is whack. That's a great point. I mean, the fact that he's using COVID money to send out these um, these materials, um, I you know it's it 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 kind of goes like um, to the old the Peter Ducey question that he asked at the. White House, while well, they called it a press conference, but it was basically an appearance of a uh, a dribbling old fool. But Peter Ducey asked the very simple and fair question, 
Why are you trying to pull the country so far to the left? And you get this, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm not, I'm not a Bernie Sanders. I'm not. And then you pull shit like this. Like, I'm going to say again, what, take the crack pipe out of the box. Appears that that's not happening. That's not the point. The point is you are using COVID relief money to encourage the use of illicit and dangerous and deadly drugs in the African-American community. It's exactly what you're doing. Plain and simple, right off the bat. All right. You guys want to get a kit, a kit that is safe, and I can assure you it does not include a crack pipe. Uh, go to mypatriotsupply.com. That's right, mypatriotsupply.com. Mypatriotsupply.com is where you go and get a backup supply of food to uh, help you in the event of an emergency. Even though we're beginning to kind of slowly but surely come out of the winter doldrums, you never know what's around the corner, right? Uh, An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, and you never know when you need a backup supply, right? A backup supply of food, delicious, nutritious food and snacks with a shelf life up to 25 years. That's right, 25 years. Go check them out. MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com. What's what's really interesting about this story and the crack pipes and the smoking kits, right, is that when you you read the clarification coming from HHS, it's very watery. It's very murky. So, this comes to us. This is via uh, NBC Chicago. All right. It says here, following outrage on the political right, the Biden administration said Wednesday that a grant program to help prevent additional harm to people who use illicit drugs is not paying for safer pipes to smoke crack or meth. No federal funding will be used directly. Remember that now. No federal funding will be used directly or through subsequent reimbursement of grantees to put pipes in safe smoking kits. Health and Human Services Secretary Xavier Becerra and White House Drug Policy Advisor Rule Gupta said in a statement. That's important. No federal funding will be used directly or through subsequent reimbursement of grantees. Homemade pipes for smoking crack and methamphetamine, methamphetamine may break easily or also release toxic fumes. Because of that, safer pipes can be one of the components of safety kits, but those kits also can include other supplies such as alcohol swabs to clean hands or wipe down a pipe. Let me read that again. Homemade pipes for smoking crack and methamphetamine may break easily or also release toxic fumes. Because of that, safer pipes can be one of the components of safety kits. What what does that mean? Because it's obviously somehow he's encouraging safer pipes, whatever that is, to get into the safety kits. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said separately that was including pipes was never the intention, complaining that impression was created by inaccurate reporting. Monday was the deadline for service organizations and state and local governments to apply for a share of $30 million in federal money for harm reduction, efforts intended to prevent disease, injury, and other collateral trauma to people addicted to illicit drugs. So in other words, if, you, uh, um, if you're doing drugs, we're going to find you a way, like I said earlier, a safer way of doing it so other people don't get sick. And that might include, yes, I still believe, a safer pipe, whatever that is. 
probably called the Hunter Special. All right. The original request for funding proposals from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration had listed, quote, safe smoking kit supplies among the items that could be purchased with taxpayer money. <laughs> they were among a dozen categories that included overdose prevention drugs, medication lockboxes, test kits for infectious disease, and syringe disposal containers. The grant solicitation did not specifically mention pipes, although they can be part of the safe smoking kits. That triggered online reports that the Biden administration was using federal dollars to pay for crack pipes. Some Republican senators castigated the administration on Twitter. Twitter. HSS uh, spokeswoman Sarah Lovenheim tweeted that such reports were blatant misinformation and Wednesday at the White House briefing, Jen Psaki said paying for pipes was never part of the plan. Well, it sounds to me, this is a little convoluted because it sounds to me like the uh, the the gentleman who said they could be part of the sm- safe smoking kits, I don't know what that means. Does that mean that um, there could be some outside special interest group that could raise put their money all into their own one big hat and put the pipes in the kits that are being government funded. Because if that's happening, then the government is working with someone to help get crack pipes into the kits, which is what? Encouraging people to smoke crack and methamphetamine or any other type of illicit drug. What what I'm taking from all this and the response from the White House and HHS was nothing less than spin. It it was it was not really. For instance, when you listen to words, mean things, right? When Jen Psaki said it was not part of the original kit, well, what do you mean by that? The original kit does it mean that kits going forward could contain quote safe crack pipes? So, um, she comes out to the podium and she minces words a little bit. And it's kind of weird because you would think someone would jump and go, what do you mean by that? The original kit. What do you mean the original kit? Which to me was kind of a dead giveaway in the sense that my belief that it was, yes, part of the original. And then they changed their minds when the story broke. So it's it sounds it sounds to me what this basic claim was kind of a dog and pony show. And it sounds like Jen Psaki and HHS were at odds as to where the crack pipe story came from. That kind of thing. All right. I'm Jeremy Lee. This is Standing Ground. This is Mojo Five Radio. I'm with you up until midnight tonight. Uh, don't forget all my shows are backlogged on Speaker, Spotify, and Apple iTunes. And you can listen uh, at your leisure. Just simply go on uh, all those. Uh, yes, Spotify, Apple iTunes, Spreaker, Podchaser, all those. And you can listen to me. Um, uh, Apple iTunes, I think I said that. And you can listen to me uh, on your own, on your own time. So always you take that and use that to your to your advantage. Um Oh yeah! Before before I forget, I do. I have not heard from many of my listeners in North Carolina and Charlotte, to which my statistics still show that seventy percent of my listeners are in Charlotte, North Carolina. <laughs> I'm just, I'm really, I'm dead curious about this. I, I'm, I'm curious as to uh, what is it about Charlotte, North Carolina? Maybe I don't know. Maybe the word got out one part of the country. And uh, every time I go and I check my stats, it's like Charlotte, North Carolina, Charlotte, North Carolina. Like I said, I get listeners in all sorts of places, but Charlotte seems to pull up. So, I, hey, guys, I want to hear from you. Standing ground 1776 at gmail.com. All right. Yeah, so in regards to the crack pipe thing, 
No much more to say about that. I mean, I, I it, it's quite obvious to me by the time that Jen Psaki got out to the podium that Jen Psaki had realized that she was – the whole thing was a train wreck. And there were mixed messages coming from HHS and the White House as to what this whole crack pipe thing was about. So in summation, it's just that I never believed the crack pipes was never part of the uh, part of the plan or probably still might be. All right. Okay, so uh, just to give you a little bit of a tease as to what's ahead for the rest of this evening's program, I do want to get into the Ukraine a little bit. Um, it, it appears now that things are not going well and there are contingency plans that are in place to evacuate individuals from the U.S. Embassy um, in in Ukraine. Well, um, originally for a while there, we thought things were improving and it appears now now they're not. And Biden has advised that Americans get out of the area. OK, well, a couple of things that relates to Joe Biden. Joe Biden has done a sit down interview with Lester Holt from NBC. Now, you remember Lester Holt, the White House's White House nightmare after uh, uh, Kamala Harris sat down and made that stupid remark. I mean, I haven't been to Europe. <laughs> OK, well, uh, he sat down with Joe Biden and Joe Biden accused Lester Holt of being a wise guy, wise guy. Um, there's one thing I'll, I'll get to at some point, but as it relates to Joe Biden and myself, on last week's program, I was explaining the Joe Rogan controversy and how someone had put a montage out of him saying, I'm going to say it, of saying the word nigger on his uh, on his podcast. And I said, well, it's pretty important to distinguish in what context he was using it in. He wasn't using it in a self-gratuitous way. And then I think I'm kind of trying to go back. You know, it's hard for me to really remember yesterday. But I said something affectatious of, you know, in a book or some books that were written in the 1800s, even I think it might have been uh, Tom Sawyer or whatever. And the word the word nigger was in the book and said, okay, so you read the part of the book. It's in the context in which you are using the word. Now, I got a few emails saying, oh, you really shouldn't say that because there are some people that feel that you should never use that word regardless of the context that's being used. Well, I found some audio of someone saying that word, which I've just said, and it may come no surprise to you, may come as no surprise to you who the individual is that I'm talking about that said that word, the word being nigger, and said it in a hearing in the Senate back in around 1985. Take a guess. You know the answer, right? Okay. I'm Jeremy Lee. This is Standing Ground. This is Mojo Five O Radio. Uh, to all you crack addicts out there, um, good luck with your uh, antiseptic wipes and your chapstick or whatever they're going to give you. And most likely at some point, yeah, you'll probably get a safe crack pipe. All right. We'll be right back. A statement clarifying um, around some reports uh, that crack pipes are not going to be part of the safe smoking kits that are funded by the administration. Um, but can you clarify for us, were they never a part of the kit or were they removed in response to this reporting and this pushback? 
they were never part of the kit. It was inaccurate reporting, and we wanted to put out information to make that clear. Crack is whack. What is in the safe smoking kit? Uh, the safe smoking skin may contain alcohol swabs, lip balm, other materials to promote hygiene and reduce the transmission of diseases like HIV and hepatitis. Crack is whack. I would note that what we're really talking about here is steps that we're taking as a federal government to address the opioid epidemic, which is killing uh, tens of thousands, if not more, Americans uh, every single day, week, month of the year. Crack is whack. Uh, we put out this statement, though, because there was inaccurate information out there. Or I should say HHS put out the statement because there was inaccurate information out there. And we wanted to provide clarification on the allowable uses for the HHS harm reduction program. It's not a change in policy. Uh, this program, though, is focused on harm reduction strategies, including prioritizing the use of fentanyl test strips and clean syringes. And all of these harm reduction services uh, that will be supported by these programs are, are intended to save lives from an epidemic that we know is uh, is devastating to communities across the country. Crack is whack. Joe Biden, the president, has announced another piece of his highly promoted equity agenda. That's the government-wide effort to improve the lives of African Americans. You may recall that on his first day in office more than a year ago, the new president explained that equity will require determination and creativity. And this week, he proved that's true. Joe Biden's latest idea is to pay black people to smoke more crack. Going forward, the administration will send at least $30 million in tax money to nonprofits and local governments so they can purchase, quote, safe smoking kits and supplies. According to HHS, these kits will contain Joe Biden-approved pipes that will allow beneficiaries of the equity agenda to smoke crack cocaine, as well as crystal meth. Crack is whack. Supply chain disruptions, shortages, panic buying. Unfortunately, they've all become facts of life in 2021. The good news is you have preparewithmojo50.com. Not only will you find emergency food supplies, also water filtration, air filtration, all sorts of other tools. Preparewithmojo50.com. If you want to keep food on the table, if you just want to maintain some sense of normalcy, preparewithmojo50.com is the answer. Hey, travelers, do you want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call. That's right, call, because the best prices are not online. They're with SmartFares. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at ridiculously low prices. Our prices are too low to publish online. With the extra money you'll save, you can book another trip or treat yourself to dinner or shopping. 
So stop searching all of those travel sites to find the lowest price on your next flight. Let one of our SmartFares expert travel agents find ridiculously low prices for you. Call SmartFares today and get the best price on your next flight. Guaranteed. Also, save up to 50% off business and first-class tickets. 855-325-1820. 855-325-1820. That's 855-325-1820. You want to wake up refreshed like you slept on a cloud? Get yourself the very best in bedding supplies today. You deserve it. Go to MyPillow.com. And don't forget our very special promo code, Mojo50, for incredible savings. You're listening to Standing Ground with Jeremy Leahy. I've sentenced boys younger than you to the gas chamber. Didn't want to do it. Felt I owed it to them. Welcome, welcome back to the program. This is the hypocrisy segment of COVID, the COVID hypocrisy segment. Um, did you guys, did you guys hear about Gavin Newsom uh, not too long ago uh, when he was had the opportunity to have a photo op with Magic Johnson, and he was caught not wearing a mask that he's telling everyone to do the indoor mask requirement in california uh anyway this is courtesy of kcb in uh, chicago it was a celebratory night at sofi stadium the rams won the nfc championship game sending them to super bowl 56 more than 70,000 people filled the stadium among them governor gavin newsom and la mayor eric garcetti these photos of them are causing a stir. On Twitter, the tweets poured in criticizing the leaders for not wearing masks. The pictures went viral along with the hashtag Unmask Our Children, an attempt to reverse the state's school mask mandate. Governor Newsom addressed the controversy during a news conference. Magic was kind enough, generous enough to ask me for a photograph. And in my left hand's the mask and I took a photo. Uh, rest of the time I wore it, uh, as we all should. Um, not when I had a glass of water or a thing, and I uh, encourage everybody else to do so. Okay, so 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 Gavin Newsom is caught again. Uh, Mass the first time was in a restaurant. Now here's what here's what's interesting. Interesting is that after he got busted, now it was interesting. He his explanation was that well the mask was in my hand the entire time that I was having the photo taken with Magic Magic Johnson and the other guy he was with the mayor whatever who was another mask freak wasn't wearing his and he said I was holding my breath during the photo <laughs> okay <laughs> now you're you're in the clear now but anyway ironically just after getting uh, his his hand caught in the cookie jar if you will. Um, Gavin Newsom lifted uh, 
California can ditch masks indoors soon soon as Gavin Newsom lifts Omicron rules. So in other words, California is getting rid of here. Vaccinated Californians can ditch their masks indoors soon, the state's Department of Public Health announced Monday, as it lifts restrictions imposed to slow the spread of the Omicron variant. So I guess my understanding is that if you are vaccinated and you can prove your vaccination status, you do not you do not have to wear a mask indoors because if Gavin Newsom doesn't have to wear one or Magic Johnson doesn't have to wear one or anyone else doesn't wear one then you don't have to wear one okay look Gavin Newsom is not the only one I mean it's it's really interesting over the last kind of couple of weeks a lot of these liberals and stuff like that are coming around and starting saying okay liberal states liberal jurisdictions are coming around saying okay well you know we we're, we're considering you know lifting the mask mandate because we know at this point they don't really do anything anyway but that's that's obvious but it the do the do as i say not as i do thing among the politicians is always is always fun. I mean, we had we had Alexandria Cortez in Miami. She, she bitched and whined about Florida, and then went down there, and she's seen there uh, outside drinking a Cosmo with her boyfriend without uh, without a mask on. Right? We had uh, who? Well, there were there were there were many many other stories of uh, politicians, even on the Republican side too, just just getting caught red handed. But I have to say, if we can take a trip down memory lane, it is Saturday night. We can have a little fun. Do, do you remember when Nancy Pelosi got busted at the hair salon? Do you guys remember that? And she just, she, she, she made an appointment, she made an appointment with the hair salon, but she said she was shut up. I was shut up. Well, anyway, when it happened, that's my very Nancy Pelosi. She went, she went to, uh, when she was in California, well, anyway, it turns out, Kaylee McEnany, who was then the White House press secretary, came out into the White House press briefing room with the security footage of Nancy Pelosi walking through the salon without a mask on. And when she came out to do the press briefing, you could see on the monitors, both on her right and left side, they just looped the footage of Nancy Pelosi coming in and out. So walking through the salon without a mask on. So uh, here, this is one of the greatest slash funniest moments in uh, Trump White House press secretary moments, I guess you could say. All right, here it is. Good afternoon, everyone. Two briefings ago, I asked, where is Nancy Pelosi? Today, I can announce we have found Nancy Pelosi. Um, as you can see, we found Nancy Pelosi going into her hair salon. We will be playing the video on loop for all of you to see during the duration of this introduction. And they're showing it right in the press Nancy <laughs> Pelosi was not in the halls of Congress when no. I asked where she was. She was not working in good faith to make a deal for the American people. Nope. Nope. Nancy Pelosi was found in San Francisco at a hair salon where she was indoors, even though salons in California are not only open for outdoor service. guys remember this the nancy pelosi hair salon scandal <laughs> well i mean i look it's 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 revisionist but it is um it's very relevant to what happened with gavin newsom and other politicians that have been caught in red getting caught red-handed around the country uh it's obvious
the the funny part of the, that story was it's true that if you're a politician and you get caught red-handed, the best thing is just take ownership of it. I mean, I, I mean, Gavin Newsom did that the first time. He says, yeah, I was an idiot. I was in a restaurant. And I wasn't wearing a face mask. Nine, nine, nine out of ten times in public life, really, when you think about it, when politicians or public figures get caught doing something they're not supposed to do, generally speaking, if they get out in front of it, and say, yeah, I did this, I was wrong, I should not have done it, shame on me, 30 self-lashes with a wet noodle, I'm very sorry, it was very hypocritical, I shouldn't have done it. I, I Allow me to digress for one moment. I think back to the greatest, well, it was scandal that went away so fast, and I think of David Letterman. Do you remember David Letterman when it turned out that he was... Um, he was getting it on with these very, very young, 20-something-year-old interns at, actually, in his office, I think it was going on, whatever. And there was this an attempt to extort him that he was going to, that this producer at uh, wherever it was, CBS, I forget where he was at the time, uh, tried to extort a couple of million dollars out of uh, David Letterman. He just called the cops. Well, when the story broke, it turned out that, yeah, he was he was fooling around with the interns, but he came out during his monologue and he said, uh, yeah, I did this. Uh, I do admit it. And he put kind of a humorous tact on it. He said, yeah, I believe it or not, I do have sex. <laughs> and the audience kind of laughed. He went along with it. Within a day, the story was dead. There were people that were speculating that this was the end of Letterman, that this was going to bring him down. All it did was boost his ratings and by coming out and being forthright and honest about it and upfront, it went away. It's like you kind of think about what if Bill Clinton had done the same thing? What if many politicians who just came out and said, "Oh, sorry, you got me." It, it, it's just like I'm not saying the ones that have never done that, like David Letterman. But David Letterman to me is that is the prime example of somebody who just was not going to walk into the lion's den and go, well, hang on a minute now. You know, these girls were coming on to me. And I, he never made an excuse for himself. He just said, I did it. Okay, so as it relates to the mask thing, this is how someone like Nancy Pelosi, who gets caught in the hair salon and has an indoor van, how she this is how she handles it. No, I've been there many over the years. I've been there many times. I appreciate, I appreciate the question. And let me just say this. I take responsibility for trusting uh, the word of the neighborhood salon that I've been to over uh -huh. the years many times. And that um, when they said, well, we're able to accommodate people one person at a time and that we can set up that time, I trusted that. As it turns out, it wasn't set up. So I take responsibility <laughs> for falling for okay, a setup. Right. And that. Okay, so there, there, there's one aspect of it. If, if you could say that maybe the whole mass thing now is starting to come to an end. Now, if, if, if it is coming to an end, that's great. They're, they're obviously asking the government to lift the mask mandate on, on, on airplanes. Okay. But that doesn't mean, to my understanding, that the airline itself could make a unilateral decision just like, School districts and towns, municipalities could still have a have, have a a mask mandate, but when you look back, right? Because also too, it all all is going to happen is a new variant to come out, and they're just going to be right back under the mask mandate again. This thing's never ending. But anyway, if you look back through this whole, well, we still we're still going through it, COVID, right? 
to realize how much or how many of your civil liberties have been violated is really compelling. Um, I, I don't. I I was unaware. I was unaware that governors in states, governors in states, had the authority to basically suspend the Constitution's First Amendment clause that it, uh, protects one's right to peaceably assemble and telling people that they couldn't go to church or that they couldn't have gatherings among certain amounts of people. There was one report, I forget what city it was, I saw it actually on Fox, where some police had automated drones going, and probably still do, going, you know, someone sitting in their backyard and they're having a barbecue and this automated drone, it's like something out of like, I don't know, I'm going back to even to the 80s, like something out of like RoboCop or some space age thing where this drone comes down and flies over your barbecue and this voice comes on and says, disperse, you are in violation, disperse, disperse. It was, don't tell me we were not our R in, in a police state. Do you, do you remember turning on the, t- well, still do, you turn on the TV and you see like the police showing up to a church and these bunch of people there, they're going to their place of worship and they're going in and the police show up and there's actually some videos of like a minister coming out saying, get out of here. What are you doing? And, you know, saying, get out of here, you Gestapo. Get out of here, you brown shirt. We don't do this in America. I mean, I I guess I would be willing to bend a little bit and say, yeah, in the beginning when we didn't really know what the risks were, but I think by now we pretty much understand that um, with the vaccinations and with COVID within itself, you know, the risk now is relatively low unless you're someone who's seriously compromised, but that could be for a lot of things. But the bottom line is we have to ask ourselves a question. Do we want to... Do we want to live our lives standing up or live them lying down? I'd rather die standing up than live lying down. That's what it comes down to. If if this was going to be the case that we were going to do lockdown, shutdown, no church, whatever, the only constitutional avenue to doing it would be martial law by the president. So the so so governors took it upon themselves to tell you your constitutional rights. It's exactly what happened. All right, I'm Jeremy Lade. This is Standing Ground. This is Mojo 5 Radio. My email, standingground1776 at gmail.com, standingground1776 at gmail.com. I am on Wednesdays from noon to two, Saturday nights from 10 p.m. till midnight. Look, if you want to wear a mask and it makes you feel better or you want your children to wear a mask, well, that's fine. But... Don't force it upon others, right? And whatever, I'm going to play it again because it was a huge hit on my last show. I got some emails on it asking me to play it again, where to find it. This is the mother, I think, in Fairfax County, Virginia, reaming the school board a new one. Very popular audio clip on this program. Reaming the school board a new one on the BS mass mandate. Here she is. 
Thousands of schools around the country have been open during the entire pandemic without masks and no corresponding rise in serious illness. There were not child coffins lined up as some educators in this county suggested would be the case. In fact, things have been going pretty much as normal. Kids are getting sick despite wearing masks. We are forcing healthy children home for exposure despite them wearing masks. And we are segregating children by vaccination status and religious exemption status despite the wearing of masks. So I ask you, if masks work, why don't they? Over the course of the pandemic, 49,000 children have died of all causes. 331 of those were COVID-related. Yet we have turned kids' lives upside down at school for what is essentially a non-risk. Let's put that risk into context. Last year, fewer kids died of COVID-19 than of heart disease, cancerous tumors, suicide, homicide, and drownings. Have the protocols, have, have the schools stopped serving hamburgers and french fries? Have we put up tinfoil on the ceilings to block power lines? Do we even address the growing incidences of suicide during the pandemic? No, we play politics with kids' faces by placing restrictive fabric over their noses and mouths that the CDC itself has said don't do anything, and it's for their safety. This is asinine. This is blatant political theater, and it needs to end. I need to point something out that has been bothering me. On November 15th of last year, I had the privilege of speaking with Dr. McDade for 10 minutes following the CRT town hall meeting. During that discussion, which was friendly and cordial, I asked what she, as superintendent, could do to get the kids out of masks. Dr. McDade told me that she would if she could, but that her hands were tied by then Governor Northam's executive order mandating oh, face masks. And if it weren't for that, things would be different. Well, tonight, things are different. And I'd like to ask you, Dr. McDay, tonight, what has changed? And what do you plan on doing now that your hands are untied? You are on the losing side of history. And it's time to make that right before these children now. The, 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 the power grab at the federal level and at the state level and at the town level since this whole thing was thrusted upon us in 2019 or 20 in that area, what... They, they, it's it's like their powers have been completely unlimited, completely unchecked. Now, here's the interesting balance, and this is how you try and talk to a liberal. What a liberal is going to say, well, we're in a situation of danger, right? Danger. Well, for a period of time, we have to be willing to sacrifice some of our constitutional rights in the name of the greater good, in the name of safety of your fellow man or woman, okay, um, that you will, I'm thinking about the time the guy who did the, the, um, the house chaplain said, amen, a woman, and people like went, what? <laughs> okay, sorry. But anyway, um, yeah, your fellow man is these are the same these are the same people. The people are saying, you know, mandatory vaccines, cover the kids' faces with masks, uh limit crowds, do all this stuff, importune upon our lives. These are the same people that after the attack on 9-11, uh, when three thousand of our countrymen were slaughtered by terrorists and George W. Bush 
as an executive power override, wanted to do roving wiretaps without warrants to see if we could catch terrorists. Those are the people that are the, the people that are saying now, put on the mask, this is a safety issue. Those are the same people back then, even in the wake of the World Trade Center coming down and what happened in Shanksville and what happened at the Pentagon and all that, right? In the wake of that said, oh no, that violates the Fourth Amendment's right of unconstitutional search and seizure. Our civil liberties are being violated. So I, I don't I don't know how a liberal wins the argument. And look, I'm not saying that after 9-11 that wasn't a good idea. I'm just saying is that like the old saying with Ben Franklin, not Ben Franklin, what Abraham Lincoln once said, and that is the Bill of Rights is not a suicide pact. I agree to a certain degree, okay? But the hypocrisy on the left when it relates to COVID and terrorism are it's like it's like they they're like a pancake that just flipped. It's like, well, wait a minute now. Since when you were all about what COVID did, in essence, to me, is it took all the liberal civil libertarians, including the ACLU, that have been since the 1920s, since the ACLU was established in around there, that have been so pro-civil liberties that civil liberties have just gone out the window. Think, think, think about how many people you have known in your in your personal life that are big civil libertarians that all of a sudden you don't really hear them talking about much anymore. The civil libertarian thing used to be a liberal cause. It, it, it came, you know, freedom of speech, individuality, um, a right to go on your own locomotive status, your own journey, freedom of thought, freedom from government intervention in their lives. Like... What is it? I don't have a problem with government intervention to a certain degree, but as once Ronald Reagan once noted, it is government's job to ride alongside of us, not ride on our backs. And that is exactly what's been going on for the last two, two plus years. And as the mother just said there in the, um, when she's speaking to the town hall meeting, you are on the wrong side of history. History is going to look back and realize that as it relates to our children anyway, you you pretty much destroyed these kids' lives for several years. By covering their faces, they can't see their friends smile. Uh, and then she made the point about what about suicides? What about the what, how come are you are you serving uh, high, high fiber, low fat meals in the lunchroom? It's so low on the totem pole. I mean, I. I I got to be honest with you, when we we donned the masks, when it happened, you know, generally speaking, I didn't have an issue with it because we didn't really know what we were dealing with at first. We found out very, very quickly and we had a vaccine relatively quickly. And the fact that we that our kids had to wear these masks for or continue to. Because it will be it'll be left up to the school districts here in Massachusetts. Charlie Baker has lifted. I believe it's February 28th, the last day of this month, the mask mandate, um, indoor mask mandate or whatever, even for schools. However, it will be up to the school districts to make the determination as to whether or not the children will continue to wear masks or not. And you know what they're going to do. A lot of it has to do with teachers who don't want to get vaccinated. So they have the kids wear the mask so they can be protected. 
I don't know. It's just getting a little bit. All right. But it was that power grab they had to go for. All right. Okay, guys, do me a favor. Uh, I want you to do your best to keep me on the air and other fine programs here on this fine network, Mojo 5 Radio on. I want you to go to I want you to go to www.mojo50radio.com backslash shop. That is www.mojo50radio.com backslash shop and get your uh, uh, mojo goodies today. Best way to put it, mojo goodies, hats, mugs, T-shirts, gifts, all sorts of stuff. The uh, Doc Thompson pillow with all this great advice. And what you're doing is you're helping support the station at the same time. Okay, very simple. You just go to www.mojo50radio.com backslash shop. www.mojo50radio.com backslash shop and get yourself some mojo goodies today. All right. As we sit here uh, towards the uh, top of the hours, we're going to go into news. Um, other things to, to get into. I want to, at some point, Maybe do it towards the end of the program. Have you guys ever heard when you hear someone talking about a talk show host, right? But it's always conservative. We'll say, Sean Hannity, conservative talk, sorry, controversial talk show host, Sean Hannity. Laura Ingram, the controversial uh Controversial talk show host over at Fox. Ben Shapiro, controversial. So I got to dig around because I got many different meanings of the word controversial and what that means. But you never hear it applied to the other side. I had a relative ask me once. He goes, oh, I've listened to your show a couple times. Um, Do you consider yourself controversial? To I ask, well, could you please do me a favor and define what controversial is? means i think we all know whatever in our heads it means well you're going against the grain of the mainstream ideas in this country or how people generally feel about something that you're the contrarian well i don't know i mean controversy goes both ways doesn't it so i want to get into that all right i'm jeremy lee this is mojo 50 radio we got town hall news coming up next and i will talk to you guys on the other side thousands of schools around the country have been open during the entire pandemic without masks and no corresponding rise in serious illness there were not child coffins lined up as some educators in this county suggested would be the case in fact things have been going pretty much as normal kids are getting sick despite wearing masks We are forcing healthy children home for exposure despite them wearing masks. And we are segregating children by vaccination status and religious exemption status despite the wearing of masks. So I ask you, if masks work, why don't they? Over the course of the pandemic, 49,000 children have died of all causes. 331 of those were COVID related. Yet we have turned kids' lives upside down at school for what is essentially a non-risk. Let's put that risk into context. Last year, fewer kids died of COVID-19 than of heart disease, cancerous tumors, suicide, homicide, and drownings. Have the protocols, have have the schools stopped serving hamburgers and french fries? Have we put up tinfoil on the ceilings to block power lines? Do we even address the growing incidences of suicide during the pandemic? 
No, we play politics with kids' faces by placing restrictive fabric over their noses and mouths that the CDC itself has said don't do anything, and it's for their safety. This is asinine. This is blatant political theater, and it needs to end. I need to point something out that has been bothering me. On November 15th of last year, I had the privilege of speaking with Dr. McDade for 10 minutes following the CRT town hall meeting. During that discussion, which was friendly and cordial, I asked what she, as superintendent, could do to get the kids out of masks. Dr. McDade told me that she would if she could, but that her hands were tied by then-Governor Northam's executive order mandating no, face coverings. And if it weren't for that, things would be different. Well, tonight, things are different. Yeah. And I'd like to ask you, Dr. McDade, tonight, what has changed? And what do you plan on doing now that your hands are untied? You are on the losing side of history. Thank and it's you, time to make that right before these children now. Thank you. the seditious, rabble-rousing, liberty-loving, home of fun, entertaining, and compelling talk. Mojo 5-0. Breaking news this hour. From townhall.com, I'm Ron DeRostra. An hour-plus-long phone call this morning between President Biden and Russian President Putin. The White House says the two leaders spoke for more than an hour Saturday. Biden again calling on Putin to pull back the more than 100,000 Russian troops massed near Ukraine's borders and warning that the U.S. and its allies would respond decisively and impose swift and severe costs if Russia invades. Russia denies it intends to launch an offensive. It's Ben Thomas reporting. Meanwhile, the State Department says most American staff at the Kiev embassy have been ordered to leave, other U.S. citizens being urged to depart the country immediately as well. Canadian police had little to no problem dissipating a trucker logjam at the busy Detroit-Windsor-Ontario border crossing today. It's been the scene of a nearly week-long demonstration by Canadian truckers over the Dominion's mask mandates. House Republicans trying to return to the immigration policy implemented by former President Trump Florida freshman representative Maria Salazar says the GOP needs to direct their message to Latinos who want a part of the American dream. Immigration is a mess. We need to send a message to the Browns, the largest minority in the country, 20% of the population, that we're welcoming them into the GOP. We want to be Americans. We do not want to be socialists. Salazar told Hugh Hewitt this week on the Salem Radio Network that the southern border must be secured for our safety. 
Because what's happening at the border, I do not have to explain it to you. The fentanyl. Fentanyl is the number one death of cost among people between 18 and 45. And where is it coming from? From the Mexican cartel. Salazar was elected in November to represent Florida's 27th district, which encompasses most of the Tampa Bay area. News and analysis at townhall.com. We remind all of our listeners that the views and opinions of the show hosts and guests appearing on Mojo Favo Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of Cuddle Me Buff LLC, its owners and partners, or this network. Thank you for listening to Mojo Favo Radio. Oh, hi. Didn't see you there. I was busy eating this delicious meal from preparewithmojo50.com. You look hungry. Do you want some? Of course you do. Get your own. You can go to preparewithmojo50.com. That's preparewithmojo50.com. You can't have mine. Are you paying too much for term life insurance? There's a tremendous price war among the major term life companies. Rates have dropped dramatically in the past two years. For example, a man age 45 non-tobacco user. $1 million of coverage is only $75 per month, level for the next 10 years. Or a man age 50 non-tobacco user can buy a half million dollars of coverage for a monthly premium of only $110. Guaranteed not to change for the next 20 years. That's right, level rates for 20 years. And if if you're a smoker, we have great rates for you as well. At the Term Lifeline, we specialize in policies of a half million dollars and above. So if you're looking for new or replacement term life insurance, call right now for a free quote. Rates and availability may vary by state. Sample rate quotes are based on preferred non-tobacco underwriting exam required to qualify. 800-803-2142. 800-803-2142-800-803-2142. That's 800-803-2142. It's original. It's bold. It's patriotic. It's American. It's American Pride. It's American Pride Roasters Coffee. Historically, great coffee. AmericanPrideRoasters.com Missing your mojo? Just go to mojo50.com for on-demand podcasts. Welcome to Hour 2 of Standing Ground with Jeremy Leahy. How much of the shit do I have to listen to? With all due respect, sir, I believe this is going to be our finest hour. Another hour of pure enjoyment. You don't get it. You just, you don't get it. At the present time, all systems are go, all lights are green. His mind is just warming up. I think you need to cool down here. Welcome aboard to Jeremy Leahy's Great Experiments. I don't know what you're up to. I'm going to tell you it's going to stop right now. What we got here is a crusade. Complaints keep coming in. And quite frankly, he really doesn't care. You are the lowest. Yes, he does have a tendency to upset the masses. Worm-headed sack of monkey shit he is! Now, from his newly built studio deep in the paradise of his basement. It rubs the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. Here's Jeremy Leahy. Where's the Tylenol? You think that companies like Spotify should go further than just, you know, putting a label on there to say, hey, go do your own, you know, check this out. You know, there's more research you can look at, you know, scientific research. 
very cool. Sure. Well, last July, I think you probably know, but the Surgeon General also took the unprecedented step to issue an advisor on the risk of misinformation in public health, which is a very significant step. And amid that, he talked about the role social media platforms have. So our hope is that all major tech platforms and all major news sources, for that matter, be responsible and be vigilant to ensure the American people have access to accurate information on something as significant as COVID-19. That certainly includes Spotify. So this disclaimer, it's a positive step, but we want every platform to continue doing more to call out mis and disinformation while also uplifting accurate information. I mean, look at the facts, right? Welcome back to Standing Ground. I'm Jeremy Lay. This is Hour 2. My email, standingground1776 at gmail.com, standingground1776 at gmail.com. This portion of today's program is brought to you by the National Association of Peter Jeremy Leahy's passion for the fight against censorship. Um, I think I just let me back up for one second. I want to isolate one part of the cut of coming from uh, Jennifer Saki, Little Red Lying Hood, there at the White House. Listen to what she said. This is just one part. It's very compelling. But we want every platform to continue doing more to call out mis and disinformation while also uplifting accurate information. I mean, look at the facts, right? Here's the bottom line to put this into layman terms. Okay, let's put this into layman terms. Mojo Five O Radio here at this network has the unilateral authority, if they wish, to censor me or... Um, let me go and say this show will no longer be airing on the network due to something I said, whatever. That hasn't happened yet. Um, however, we here at the network pride ourselves on being, you know, you, you'll hear the, the billboard. I think it's Ron Phillips doing the voiceover. All the opinions expressed by the host are there of their own opinions and not that of Cuddle Me Buff, Mojo Fiverr Radio, the, the, the company that owns Mojo Five Radio makes it very clear that we don't endorse what Jeremy Lay says. We don't always endorse. There may be times they may agree, or you know, we feed off each other, whatever. Um, but the great thing is, is that the government, the U.S. government, does not get involved with telling Mojo Five Radio or myself what I can say or what I can't say, or not even suggesting to us what we should do. In order to avoid suppression, suppression always you have to always put it in your head is by the government. If you if you are with a private employer and the employer says to you, you cannot wear that shirt with that expletive on it to work. That is different. They are a private entity. They are suppressing, but it's their business. The government. If the government ever sends out a memo to companies saying, hey, just be careful, you're monitoring people that aren't wearing offensive T-shirts, that is government intervention in the First Amendment right clause of your right to freedom of speech of the penumbra of freedom of expression. So what Jen Psaki said there was, in essence, we as the government of the United States are encouraging platforms to take the proper steps according to them their proper steps to make sure that the information that's going out on these platforms is accurate it meaning that the government is search, is attempting to serve as a partial agent 
to tell private entities what their employees can say and what they can't say. Does that sound pretty simple enough? It's they're what they're basically doing is they're sticking their foot and their noses in where it doesn't belong. It doesn't belong here. It doesn't belong at Spotify. It doesn't belong at anywhere else when it comes to this stuff. The government needs to butt out. Now, what is the precedent for all this? Well, the precedent to it really goes back when you think about it to in around 1985 86 in that area which i think i i talked about maybe twice on the show called the pmrc hearings the parents music resource center uh with was it um tipper gore headed up okay what happened was is she was home one night and she was listening to the album Purple Rain, Prince, classic album. And the song Darling Nikki came on. All right. And, you know, the line, I met a girl named Nikki. I guess you could say she was a sex fiend. I met her in a hotel lobby. She was masturbating with a magazine. And Tipagore had a meltdown. And then she tried to solicit her husband to have hearings to see if the government could somehow get involved in putting warning labels on albums. Meaning, oh no, we're not going to tell you that you can't you can't say these lyrics, but we have the government, we're going to get involved in we're going to get involved in your work. We're going to try we're we're basically attempting to censor you. All right. Uh, actually, they made a movie about it. I have a funny scene. If I have any time, I'll play it. But I've played it a long time ago. It's actually really hysterical. Um, who came down to basically sum it all up and lay it on the line as to where the government's responsibility, or the government's role is in one's private lives or what they say, or what they express within or through a vehicle of a private entity is their own business. Who came down and reamed the committee a new one? Well, that was John Denver. Here is a portion of his speech here, and to me was probably one of the best arguments against censorship in my lifetime that I ever saw. Here's John Denver. Honorable Chairman, members of the committee, ladies and gentlemen, it's a great honor and a privilege to, be, to appear before you this morning and to take advantage of the opportunity given me in our free society to speak my mind, to give voice to my opinions in a public forum in front of not only the leadership of our great country, but the press and the media, and through them all who might be listening around our country and around the world. I'm here to address the issue of a possible rating system in the recording industry, labeling records where excesses of explicit sex or graphic violence have occurred, and furthermore, references to drugs and alcohol or the occult are included in the lyrics. These hearings have been called to determine whether or not the government should intervene to enforce this practice. Mr. Chairman, this would approach censorship. May I be very clear that I am strongly opposed to censorship of any kind in our society or anywhere else in the world. Discipline and self-restraint when practiced by an individual, a family, or a company is an effective way to deal with this issue. The same thing when forced on a people by their government, or worse, by a self-appointed watchdog of public morals 
is suppression and will not be tolerated in a democratic society. And who's the watchdog of public morals? Here she is right here. Companies like Spotify should go further than just, you know, putting a label on there to say, hey, go do your own, you know, check this out. You know, there's more research you can look at, you know, scientific research regarding COVID. Sure. Well, last July, you probably know, but the Surgeon General also took the unprecedented step to issue an advisor on the risk of misinformation in public health, which is a very significant step. And amid that, he talked about the role social media platforms have. So our hope is that all major tech platforms and all major news sources, for that matter, be responsible and be vigilant to ensure the American people have access to accurate information on something as significant as COVID-19. That certainly includes Spotify. So this disclaimer, it's a positive step, but we want every platform to continue doing more to call out mis- and disinformation while also uplifting accurate information. I mean, look at the facts, right? Which my response is somewhere along the lines of what John Denver said, and that is, hey, Jen Psaki, butt out. Joe Biden, butt out. Congress, butt out. We'll those those uh, those platforms. They'll decide what's appropriate for their networks and what's not appropriate for their networks. Not you. It doesn't work that way. So there you have it. That is just another example of yes, the Gestapo in the White House that has been there since January of uh, 2021. That is trying to tell everybody what they can say and what they can say on social media platforms. Okay, this is Standing Ground. I'm Jeremy Lade. This is Mojo Fiber Radio. My email is standingground1776 at gmail.com. Standingground1776 at gmail.com with you up until midnight tonight. Do me a favor. Uh, if you want to survive through this, this this period of martial law, soon to be martial law or say speech, please, um, you need to go to mypatriotsupply.com. That is mypatriotsupply.com and get yourself a backup supply of food today. Never know when you're you're going to need uh, a backup supply of food, uh, delicious, nutritious food and snacks with a shelf life up to 25 years, 25 years. That's right. Go check them out today. My patron supply dot com. All right. All right. So being a Saturday night, I guess we can lighten up a little bit. And it, it actually uh, be forewarned. I'm going to be responsible here. What you're about to hear is pretty potty. So they made a movie called parental speaking of censorship they made a movie called parental advisory i I think it was luke perry not luke perry jason Priestley was in it and actually um d snyder was actually he was one of the other ones that testified then they had an actor playing john denver whatever i think john denver actually might have been he might have been dead by then and he was killed in a plane crash but anyway so it starts, but this this is there's this meeting, all right. Just hang on here. There's this meeting at what Tipper Gore's house, and she's talking about, and this preacher comes to the house and shows them all these slides of these rock groups with all these horrible lyrics. And of course, the one's like, "Oh, that's terrible. That can't be permitted." And da da da. And I will admit, some of it is just completely self gratuitous, crude, gross, disgusting, whatever. But that doesn't mean that it's not protected speech. One man's obscenity is another man's art. I guess you could say, right? Okay. So they have this church meeting. <laughs> they have this church meeting. And up gets the preacher. And the preacher gets up to read the lyrics to the parents group. And he's do, he's trying to keep he's trying to keep it together. He's sweaty. He's got a cup of water in front of him. And he's going through the lyrics and it, the these four lobbyists that have been sent over there to observe this meeting inside this church where he's saying these outrageous things. These lyrics, they're trying to control themselves. All right, here's the here's the scene. All right. Just quickly, 
be forewarned. I'm letting you know. Okay. Bear in mind that what I'm going to show you today is just a small sample of the abundant <laughs> material that is out Hang there. Hang on to your seats. Today, the element of excessively violent, brutal erotica, erotica. has exploded, exploded in rock music. That's got to be messy. <laughs> <laughs> this is an album by the popular group Twisted Sister, led by lead singer Dee Snyder. <laughs> the band glamorizes sadomasochistic sex, singing, your hands are tied, your legs are strapped, you are going under the blade. Oh, my God. The band Kiss, very popular with the young people, thinks positively about prostitution and copulation mm. and sodomy. They sing, hot blood, need your love, hard as a rock, can't get enough, want to feel you deep inside, pumping through my veins, feel you to the core, like a dog to a bone, make you sweat, make you moan, uh -huh. love is sweet, so insane. Come on, lick my candy cane. <laughs> give me more. Oh, give me more. Gimme. Baby, give me more. Gimme. I want you. Come on, gimme, give gimme give more. Gimme, give gimme give more. Gimme, gimme. Oh. oh. <laughs> we made it. No, you didn't. We made it. The mentors sing. All through my excrement, you shall roam. <laughs> Bend up and smell my anal vapor. Oh, God. <laughs> your face is my toilet paper. <laughs> On your face, I leave the shit tower. Golden showers. All right. Golden showers. <laughs> so they come out of the church. They can't even... Bend up and smell my anal vapor. <laughs> Laugh all you want, but that audience is mine. Oh, come on. Oh, I've man. counted wives of five house members, and that was just in the last eight rows. There's a lot of bored housewives in this town. You're not going to think it's so funny when their husbands are looking sideways at the music and the Lord Bell line, is going man. to a vote. That is not going to play anywhere outside this church. Hey, Charlie, I've just got to tell you, man, your face is my torch. <laughs> Golden showers. Golden, Golden showers. Okay. If, if you ever get a chance, I think you can get it on YouTube. The movie is called, it's VH1, and it's called Parental Advisory. And it's about the all those all those hearings. But that scene is the most awkward scene in the movie. Uh, anyway, cut a long story short. Um, in all, again, crudeness and joking aside, is anytime we're in a situation in this country where the government in any way, in any way, tries to importune on a private entity as to what they look the facebook thing they were turned out that the white house was communicating with facebook and trying to get certain things taken down she said what well, we weren't doing that's exactly what you were doing um is is a testament to what kind of administration this administration is so there you have it. Okay. Uh, I'm Jeremy Lee. This is Standing Ground. This is Mojo Five Radio. When we get back, um, Joe Biden, the, the situation in the Ukraine has now not, I wouldn't exactly say that it has mollified. It has actually become more intense. Now, 
couple of things as it relates to Joe Biden. Well, we all know he's soft as a grape. That's one thing. But I had brought up on my show on Wednesday of the context of using the N-word. But I said it. I said the word. Yeah, I said it. Uh, in a sentence, he called him a nigger. And it turns out that uh, someone had put together a montage of Joe Rogan doing the same thing, just saying what it was in the context of what the where the word was used and made a montage of it to where it was all about, um, oh, look, Joe Rogan uses the, he uses the N-word left and left and right, to which the response has always been, regardless of the context in which you're saying it, it's a word that you should never, ever use. And not saying that it's not endorsing the word. Well, anyway, I was digging around on the internet and I found some audio of a pretty well-known politician back in the 80s during a Senate hearing of a confirmation of an associate attorney general uh, dropped the word twice in a hearing, which, by the way, um, to me is it's protected speech. It's, you know, um, and he himself was doing it in the context of trying to get his point across. And I have the audio. Also, the word controversial, I don't really know what it means anymore. I the the label of being controversial has now been bastardized to mean only people who are conservative are controversial. If you're if you're Rachel Maddow or you are uh was the nut over at MSNBC, I think they canned her, I forget her name now. Um, you're not controversial even though you spew all sorts of crazy stuff like they accuse the other side of doing. So we got that to uh, we got that to get to. All right. This is Standing Ground. I'm Jeremy Lee. This is Mojo Five O Radio. My email, standingground1776 at gmail.com, standingground1776 at gmail.com. Censorship. It's never worked with me. It never will work with me. It will work with me. And as you see in the First Amendment, it always says, Congress shall make no law that abridges the right to free speech. That is pretty darn clear, if you want my opinion. Congress shall make no law. And that, to me, also means that the government, White House, government, Supreme Court, whatever, should never be involved in telling a private entity um, they should never be serving as a watchdog group to a private entity. In the in the case of the uh, the music business, you know that was the the recording industry, that whatever. But anywhere else, the government does not have any business being involved in anything like that. All right. With that, I'm Jeremy Lay. We got to take a quick break, and we will have uh, we'll get off the censorship thing and we'll move on to uh, Joe Biden and other things when we. Return. I think that companies like Spotify should go further than just, you know, putting a label on there to say, hey, go do your own, you know, 
check, check this out. You know, there's more research you can look at, you know, scientific research regarding COVID. Sure. Well, last July, I, I, you probably know, but the Surgeon General also took the unprecedented step to issue an advisor on the risk of misinformation in public health, which is a very significant step. And amid that, he talked about the role social media platforms have. So our hope is that all major tech platforms and all major news sources, for that matter, be responsible and be vigilant to ensure the American people have access to accurate information on something as significant as COVID-19. That certainly includes Spotify. So this disclaimer, it's a positive step, but we want every platform to continue doing more to call out mis and disinformation while also uplifting accurate information. I mean, look at the facts, right? Discipline and self-restraint when practiced by an individual, a family, or a company is an effective way to deal with this issue. The same thing when forced on a people by their government, or worse, by a self-appointed watchdog of public morals, is suppression and will not be tolerated in a democratic society. Bear in mind that what I'm going to show you today is just a small sample of the abundant <laughs> material that is out Hang there. Hang on to your seats. Today, the element of excessively violent, brutal erotica, erotica. has exploded, exploded in rock music. That's got to be messy. <laughs> This is an album by the popular group Twisted Sister, led by lead singer Dee Snyder. <laughs> the band glamorizes sadomasochistic sex, singing, your hands are tied, your legs are strapped, you are going under the blade. Oh my God. The band Kiss, very popular with the young people, thinks positively about prostitution and copulation mm. and sodomy. They sing, Hot blood, need your love. Hard as a rock, can't get enough. Want to feel you deep inside, pumping through my veins. Feel you to the core. Like a dog to a bone, make you sweat, make you moan. Uh -huh. Love is sweet, so insane. Come on, lick my candy cane. Give me more. Oh, give me more. Give me. Baby, give me more. Give me. I want you. Come on, give me, give me more. <laughs> give me, give me more. Give me, give me, oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> we made it. No, you didn't. We made it. The mentors sing, all through my excrement, you shall roam. <laughs> Bend up and smell my anal vapor. Oh, God. <laughs> Your face is my toilet paper. <laughs> On your face, I leave the shit tower. Golden showers. All right. Golden showers. <laughs> so they come out of the church. They can't even... Bend up and smell my anal <laughs> Laugh all you want, but that audience is mine. Oh, come on. Oh, I've wives of five house members, and that was just in the last eight rows. There's a lot of bored housewives in this town. You're not going to think it's so funny when they're Husbands are looking sideways at the music and the Lord Bill is going to a vote. That is not going to play anywhere outside this church. Hey, Charlie, I've just got to tell you, man, your face is my torch. <laughs> Golden showers. Golden, Golden showers. Okay. <laughs> Come on, it's... <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
I'm bad. Sorry. <laughs> All right, this is Mojo Five Radio. I'm Jeremy Lee. I think I will be back on the other side of the break. <laughs> right back. Supply line interruptions are definitely here to stay, especially given the incredible talent we have working at the U.S. Transportation Department. However, you don't need to fear these interruptions. You can be prepared. Go to preparewithmojo50.com. That's preparewithmojo50.com. Me and my roommate watch lots of medical shows. We're always looking at each other going... Do they really go back in those rooms? You know, they got those rooms for where they can take a break and take a little nap or whatever and go back there and have sex. I just find it hard to believe that in reality, that kind of stuff happens. So, oh, I'm sure they get it wherever they can find it. It's just weird. Ain't You a Peach, Sundays at 12 p.m. Eastern on Mojo Five O. Why have thousands of aspiring authors teamed up with Christian Faith Publishing to publish their book? Because Christian Faith Publishing is an author-friendly publisher who understands that your labor is more than just a book. We provide authors freedom and flexibility throughout the publishing process, professional book editing, award-winning design, and some of the highest royalty structures in the publishing industry. And as always, you will retain 100% of the rights to your book. I was looking to find a company that I could trust, one that assisted in the editing process completely. The most important qualities that I was looking for was a publisher who was honest and upfront. No hidden costs or fees and owning the rights to my own work. Christian Faith Publishing will publish, market, and sell your books in all major bookstores, online booksellers, as well as specialty Christian bookstores. Call for your free author submission kit. Mr. President, in recent days, we've seen numerous governors from blue states roll back indoor mask requirements, essentially getting ahead of the federal government, the CDC. Are those governors wrong? Well, it's hard to say whether they're wrong. Here's the science is saying now that masks work, masks make a difference. And there's a relationship. I think there's only one governor drawing back immediately. And most of them are somewhere in February. I mean, the end of February, March, April, they're set a time limit. And I assume it has something to do with whether the Omicron variant continues to dive in fewer and fewer cases. Okay, so this is welcome back to the program. I'm Jeremy Lee. This is Mojo Fiverr Radio. That's Joe Biden sitting down with Lester Holt. It is a pre-recorded interview. It's in the can too. The the entire thing is going to air 
all 20 minutes of it, I guess, during the halftime, whatever, um, uh, uh, of the Super Bowl. Well, I'm going to play. They, they released a few minutes of it. Let's listen to it. And then I'll pipe in on it a little bit. And then I have the, I have the Joe Biden treat for you. Okay. And because there is a relationship between the number of cases you have in your community and the need for wear masks. Do you acknowledge, though, a restlessness and, and leaders bowing to the political winds? Oh, I do. Omicron and the variants, all the variants, have had a profound impact on the psyche of the American people. Should children be required to wear masks in schools? Well, look, when I got in office, only 46% of the schools were open. Now 98% of them are open. And they're wearing that was, masks. That wasn't What's the question. That wasn't the every question. Every day that goes by, that children are more protected. We're now on, on the verge of being able to uh, have uh, shots for ch- children under the age of seven and uh, young children. And, uh, and so the more protection they have, probably you're going to see less and less requirement to have the masks. But the CDC hasn't changed its guidance on that. And it, it, the question is, with these governors making these moves, does it begin to make the government, the CDC, irrelevant that, that people will gravitate toward you know, the advice that really fits their worldview, that this thing feels like it's over? Well, um, look, I think it's one thing to say, to talk about masks, other than to talk about shots and boosters and the like. Uh, and uh, but it's you know look it is confusing it's worrisome to people they're trying to figure out but what I've tried to do I've tried to make sure we have all the vaccines needed all the boosters needed all the masks are needed all the protection is needed are you afraid though that some states and, and cities are moving too quickly to loosen indoor mask mandates well you know it's uh, I've com- I committed that I would follow the science the science as put forward by the CDC and the, and the and the federal people and uh, I think it's probably premature, but it's you know it's it's a tough call. And I asked about the tense standoff with Russia over Ukraine. What are your plans toward American citizens who are in Ukraine and might be there during an invasion? Uh, what scenarios would you put American troops to rescue and get Americans out? There's not. That's a world war when Americans and Russians start shooting at one another. We're in a very different world than we've ever been in. Not even on behalf of simply evacuating Americans. No. How, how, how do you do that? How do you even find them? This is not like I'm hoping that if, in fact, he's foolish enough to go in, he's smart enough not to, in fact, do anything that would negatively impact on American citizens. But have, you, have you told him that? Yes. You've, you've told him to, that, that you know, Americans would be a line that they can't cross? Well, I, I didn't have to tell him that. He, I've, I've oh, so you didn't that. tell him. He knows him. that, Jesus. and uh, you know it's a little bit. Uh, this is this, this is the classic Joe Biden. I mean, Lester Holt was fair. Well, did, did did you tell him this or did you not tell him this? Well, I, I didn't have to. He just kind of knew, you know. I continue. Look, that's why what I've asked is American citizens should leave. Should leave now. We're dealing with one of the largest armies in the world. This is a very different situation, and things could go crazy quickly. On the subject of American citizens, I have to draw your attention to that Army report, an investigative report that's come out about the lead-up to the withdrawal from Afghanistan. It, It interviewed many military officials and officers who said the administration ignored the handwriting on the wall. Uh, another described trying to get folks in the embassy ready to evacuate, encountering uh, you know, people who are in, essentially in denial of, of this situation. Does any of that ring true to you? 
No. No. That's not what I was told. That you were told that the U.S. administration officials were prepared, they knew it was time to get out? No, what I was told, no one told me that, look, there was no good time to get out. But if we had not gotten out, they acknowledged that we would have had to put a hell of a lot more troops back in. It wasn't just 2,000, 4,000. We would have to significantly increase the number of troops, and we were back in this, this war of attrition. As you're listening to this interview, this portion of the interview that NBC has released, what's going through your head? Here's a guy who obviously does not have a grip on the job. He doesn't he doesn't even he doesn't even know what his own people are advising him to do. How he even got through the interview is just how this guy lasts another I continue. And it, and there was no way we were ever going to unite Ukraine. I mean, excuse me, Iraq, Afghanistan. No way that was going to happen. <laughs> okay, well, there you go. I mean, that's not really hard. Iraq, Afghanistan. Which which is it? That that is that is classic. That is classic sign of dementia. We've seen this for a while, but this keeps happening over and over and over again. And this guy refuses to take a cognitive test, which we have a right to know whether or not this guy's got his marbles. We we kind of see prima facie he doesn't, but it would be nice to know if we had a medical diagnosis. All right, continue. And so this is <laughs> I just want to clarify. Are you rejecting the conclusions or the, the accounts that are in this army report? Yes, I am. So they're not, not true. I'm rejecting them. Then there was today's sour headline on the economy. Inflation skyrocketing to 7.5%, a 40-year high. Prices still spiking on everything from used cars to gas to food. Inflation now costing the average American an extra $275 a month compared to last year. I think it was back in July you said inflation was going to be temporary. I think a lot of Americans are wondering what your definition of temporary is. Well, you're being a wise guy with me a little bit. Uh, I understand that's your job. How 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 is Lester Holt being a wise guy? He, he's at, he's asking you about a concern that a majority of Americans have right now, and that is inflation and putting food on the table. And he's being a wise guy. That's Joe Biden's thing too. Hey, shut up there, wise guy, wise guy, stupid son of a bitch. All right. Look, uh, at the time, what happened was the. Uh, Let's look at the reason for the inflation. The reason for the inflation is the supply chains were cut off, meaning that why was he being a products, wise guy? For example, automobiles, the lack of computer chips to be able to build those automobiles so they could function. They need those computer chips. They were not available. So what happens with the number of cars were reduced? About? The new cars reduced. It made up at one point one third the cost of inflation because the price of automobiles were up. All right, all right. Stop so what it, I stop, did stop. when I went out. Simply, just another train wreck. This guy should just forget it. Just quit. I mean, resign. It's <laughs> so bad. But anyways, I'm looking. I'm looking at the monitor here. It appears that Jake Sullivan is coming up to the uh, podium as I record my show here to see that um, to brief us on the situation in Ukraine. I think this is worth on on. Uh, this is worth piping into. Okay. We are joined by our National Security Advisor, Jake Sullivan, uh, today, who will give a brief uh, update uh, and then take some questions from all of you. And with that, I will turn it over to Jake.
Good afternoon. Thanks everybody for uh, giving me the opportunity to be here. I'd like to make a few comments on the situation in Russia and Ukraine, and then I'd be happy to take your questions. We continue to, to see signs of Russian escalation, including new forces arriving at the Ukrainian border. As we've said before, we are in the window when an invasion could begin at any time, should Vladimir Putin decide to order it. I will not comment on the details of our intelligence information, but I do want to be clear. It could begin during the Olympics, uh, despite a lot of speculation uh, that it would only happen after the Olympics. As we've said before, uh, we are ready either way. We are ready to continue results-oriented diplomacy that addresses the security concerns of the United States, Russia, and Europe, consistent with our values and with the principle of reciprocity. We've continued to make that clear to Russia in close coordination with our European allies and partners. We are also ready to respond decisively alongside those allies and partners should Russia choose to take military action. Our response would include severe economic sanctions with similar packages imposed by the European Union, the United Kingdom, Canada, and other countries. It would also include changes to NATO and American force posture along the eastern flank of NATO. And it would include continued support to Ukraine. The president held a secure video conf uh, conference today with key allies and partners to coordinate our approach to this crisis. The participants were the UK, France, Germany, Italy, Canada, Poland, Romania, the Secretary General of NATO, and the presidents of the European Union. We have achieved a remarkable level of unity and common purpose from the broad strategy down to the technical details. If Russia proceeds, its long-term power and influence will be diminished, not enhanced by an invasion. It will face a more determined transatlantic community. It will have to make more concessions to China. It will face massive pressure on its economy and export controls that will erode its defense industrial base. And it will face a wave of condemnation from around the world. If, on the other hand, Russia truly seeks a diplomatic outcome, it should not only say so, it should pursue that diplomatic outcome. We are prepared to do that. We have put concrete proposals on the table. They are now out there for the world to see. We're prepared to engage on them and to discuss the principles and parameters of European security with our European partners and with Russia. Whatever happens next, the West is more united than it's been in years. NATO has been strengthened. The alliance is more cohesive, more purposeful, more dynamic than at any time in recent memory. In terms of immediate next steps, President Biden and his team will remain in close contact with our allies and partners to coordinate both on the potential for diplomacy and on any response that is necessary should Putin decide to order military action. We are continuing to reduce the size of our embassy footprint in Kyiv. And I now want to take a moment to echo what both President Biden and Secretary Blinken have already said. We encourage all American citizens who remain in Ukraine to depart immediately. We want to be crystal clear on this point. Any American in Ukraine should leave as soon as possible and in any event in the next 24 to 48 hours. We obviously cannot predict the future. We don't know exactly what is going to happen, but the risk is now high enough and the threat is now immediate enough that this is what prudence demands. If you stay, you are assuming risk with no guarantee that there will be any other opportunity to leave 
and there no prospect of a U.S. military evacuation in the event of a Russian invasion. If a Russian attack on Ukraine proceeds, it is likely to begin with aerial bombing and missile attacks that could obviously kill civilians without regard to their nationality. A subsequent ground invasion would involve the onslaught of a massive force. With virtually no notice, communications to arrange a departure could be severed and commercial transit halted. No one would be able to count on air or rail or road departures once military action got underway. Now again, I'm not standing here and saying what is going to happen or not happen. I'm only standing here to say that the risk is now high enough and the threat is immediate enough that prudence demands that it is the time to leave now. While commercial options and commercial rail and air service exist while the roads are open. The president will not be putting the lives of our men and women in uniform at risk by sending them into a war zone to rescue people who could have left now but chose not to. So we are asking people to make the responsible choice. With that, I'm happy to take your questions. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I know you don't want to get into the intelligence, but can you give us any sense what has changed over the past 24 or 48 hours to lead to your new level of concern? Well, first I would say when I uh, appeared on the Sunday shows last weekend, I made the point that we were in the window, that Russian military action could begin any day now. And that remains true. It could begin any day now and it could occur before the Olympics have ended. Uh, I'm not gonna get into intelligence information, but if you look at the disposition of forces in both Belarus and in Russia on the other side of the Ukrainian border, from the north, from the east, the Russians are in a position to be able to mount a major military action in Ukraine any day now. And for that reason, we believe uh, that it is important for us to communicate to our allies and partners to the Ukrainians and to the American citizens who are still there. I want to be crystal clear, though. Uh, we are not saying that a decision has been taken, a final decision has been taken by President Putin. What we are saying is that we have a sufficient level of concern based on what we are seeing on the ground and what our intelligence analysts have picked up uh, that we are sending this clear message. And it remains a message that we have now been sending for some time. And it is, yes, it is an urgent message because we are in an urgent situation. But just to yes. clarify, so you now believe that Russia has all the forces it needs to mount a full-scale invasion of Ukraine? What I'm saying is that uh, Russia has all the forces it needs to conduct a major military action. I'm not sure exactly what you mean by, quote, full-scale invasion, but Russia could choose in very short order to commence a major military action against Ukraine. Yes. Has NATO told the president that it will call up the NATO response force of Americans who have been put on that short leash? And is the president prepared to send additional unilateral forces to our partners in the, the border region of Ukraine? And is it your judgment and the judgment of U.S. intelligence and the U.S. government that Putin is behaving as a rational actor in his judgments at this point? So on the question of the president authorizing more unilateral U.S. forces to Europe, he's been clear all along that he is open to doing so as circumstances warrant. But I want to be very clear about something. These deployments of U.S. service members to Poland, to Romania, to Germany, uh, these are not uh, soldiers who are being sent to go fight Russia in Ukraine. They are not going to war in Ukraine. They are not going to war with Russia. They're going to defend NATO territory consistent with our Article 5 obligation. They are defensive deployments. 
They are non-escalatory. They are meant to reinforce, reassure, and deter aggression against NATO territory. In terms of the U.S. forces that have been put on heightened readiness to be deployed in the event of a NATO decision to deploy them, uh, the president had the chance as part of the discussion today to hear from the secretary general. No decisions have been taken in that regard, but those forces stand by should a decision be taken by the North Atlantic Council to call up the NATO uh, response force uh, and a request comes in for American forces to be a part of that. Finally, I can't get inside the head of President Putin. I'm not going to speculate as to his motivations, his intentions, or at this point, his decisions. All I will say is that we are ready either way. If President Putin wants to engage in diplomacy, we are prepared to engage in diplomacy. We would like to find a diplomatic path forward, and we've sketched out the parameters and principles for that. If President Putin chooses to move forward, we will work in lockstep with our allies and partners to respond decisively. Yeah. Jake, it sounds like you're saying that the assessment previously that Putin has not yet made a decision still stands. So I guess based on that, is it your assessment that it's more likely that invasion could happen now than previously believed? Look, it's hard to assign uh, percentage probabilities to any of this. We uh, have to think about the range of scenarios that we confront, and it's our job to be ready for all of them. So what I will say is that the way that he has built up his forces and put them in place, uh, along with the other indicators that, that we have collected through intelligence, uh, makes it clear to us that there is a very distinct possibility that Russia will choose to act militarily, and there is uh, reason to believe that that could happen uh, on a reasonably swift time frame. Now, we can't pinpoint the day at this point, uh, and we can't pinpoint the hour, but what we can say is that there is a credible prospect that a Russian military action would take place even before the end of the Olympics. And the warning that you just delivered to Americans who are in Ukraine saying that they should get out now while they still can, do you have a picture of how many Americans right now are in Ukraine? I would refer you to the State Department for the specifics on this because I don't want to do it off the top of my head. There's basically two categories. There are those who have registered with the embassy and those who have not registered with the embassy. In the first category, obviously, they have a number, although some of those folks have already left and didn't deregister. In the second category, uh, we don't know because, of course, no American is obligated or required. So you can't fix a perfect number, but they're the ones who are best positioned to be able to explain what our current picture is of American citizens in Ukraine. What I can do is stand before the world media and send a very clear message to, to all Americans and, and to any American who's in Ukraine right now who needs help, needs financial help or needs logistical help to take advantage of a commercial option to get out, please call the U.S. Embassy in Kyiv because uh, we stand ready to provide that help. Yes. Thanks, Jake. Um, but two quick questions. One, um, are you looking at this being some kind of attack on Kyiv, on the Donbass, on another region? Do you have any sense of that? And then what is the level of confidence that the intelligence community has in what they're hearing about this plan, especially about the potential for it to come before the end of the Olympics? When you say, uh, I'm sorry, can you repeat the second question? Just around the, the confidence that the intelligence um, world has around um, whether um, this will happen before the The intelligence community has sufficient confidence that I can stand before you today and say what I have said, which is that there is a distinct possibility that Vladimir Putin would order uh, a military action, an invasion of Ukraine, uh, 
in this window, in this time period, and that could include the time period before February 20th, before the Beijing Olympics had been completed. And so uh, they believe that that everything I have just said is well grounded in both what they are seeing on the ground and, and what they are picking up through all of their various sources. Now, to your question about what type of action it would be, we've been clear that it could take a range of different forms, but I want to be equally clear that one of those forms uh, is a rapid assault on the city of Kyiv. That is a possible line of attack course of action that the Russian forces could choose to take. Uh, they could also choose uh, to move in other parts of Ukraine as well. The last point that I would make, and I know this has been the subject of a fair amount of back and forth between the administration and the press over the course of the past week, we are firmly convinced that the Russians, should they decide to move forward with an invasion, are looking hard at the creation of a pretext, a false flag operation, something that they generate and try to blame on the Ukrainians as a trigger for military action. And we are calling that out publicly because uh, we do believe that if Russia chooses to do that, they should be held to account. The world should not believe uh, that a false flag operation that they conducted uh, is a legitimate causes belli for going into Ukraine. Yes. Thank, thanks, so Dave. Uh, you, you mentioned that you do not want to say uh, that Putin has made a decision, um, but can, d does the United States believe that the president, uh, pardon me, that President Putin has made a decision? Because PBS NewsHour just reported a little bit ago that the United States does believe that Putin has made a decision and has also communicated that decision uh, to the Russian military. Is that accurate? The report that you just referenced which I have not seen yet, it does not accurately capture what the U.S. government's view is today. Our view is that we do not believe he has made any kind of final decision, um, or we don't know that he has made any final decision, and we have not communicated that to anybody. Yes. Follow up on that. It's just my colleague Nick Schifrin who's doing that reporting. He's citing three Western and defense officials who say the U.S. does believe that Putin has made up his mind, has communicated that to the military, and that they've been shown intelligence on that. You're saying that's not true? Well, we have communicated to our allies and partners, all 30 allies in NATO plus a range of other partners, uh, our latest intelligence information. Yeah, he's going in, man. It does not include a statement he's going that uh, in. Vladimir Putin Shit. has definitively given an order to proceed with the invasion. You yes. You haven't seen anything from your NATO allies either. I'm sorry? You haven't been shown any evidence or briefed on intelligence that speaks to that from NATO allies. Uh, we've not seen anything come to us that says a final decision has been taken, the go order has been given. What I will say, and the reason I'm up here talking in the way I am to American citizens, the reason we are taking the various actions we're taking, the reason the president convened uh, our closest allies and partners from across the NATO alliance and the European Union, is because we believe he very well may give the final go order. That is a very distinct possibility, but we are not uh, standing here before you today and say, the order has been given, the invasion is on. Uh, it, it, it may well happen, it may well happen soon. Uh, but we are not saying, I think, the way that you've just characterized it. I have not seen this PBS report yet, but as you've characterized it, that does not capture the communication that we are making to our NATO allies, nor uh, what we understand internally. Yes. Given the risk that you've laid out, the fact that you're not 100% uh, certain that Putin has made a decision yet, we have seen other world leaders meeting with Putin. Has there been any more thought to President Biden engaging with him directly? 
I would expect that President Biden will uh, engage by telephone with President Putin, but I don't have anything to announce for you on that right now. Yes. Uh, because this is getting so close now and the concern that you're, you're weighing towards the American people, is there a need to provide some underlying evidence of just what you're seeing that shows Americans this is a country that went through Iraq and, and concerns about what intelligence is showing? Does the administration see a need to just provide underlying intelligence? Well, let me just start with a fundamental distinction between the situation in Iraq and the situation today. In the situation in Iraq, intelligence was used and deployed from this very podium to start a war. We are trying to stop a war, to prevent a war, to, to avert a war. And all we can do is come here before you and give good faith and share everything that we know to the best of our ability while protecting sources and methods so we continue to get the access to intelligence we need. But there's another big difference between what happened in 2003 and what's happening in 2022. And that is in that case, it was information about intentions, about a hidden things, stuff that couldn't be seen. Today, we are talking about more than 100,000 Russian troops amassed along the Ukrainian border with every capacity out there in the open for people to see. It's all over social media. It's all over your news sites. So you can believe your own eyes that the Russians have put in place the capabilities to conduct a massive military operation against Ukraine should they choose to do so. And then finally, I would just say, if you look at the course of the past few months, okay. as we have said, we predict there will be a buildup. Of- through, through my lens, and I think probably from yours after hearing that, it appears all evidence seems to be pointing towards what's known as cautious belly, cause for war. There, the, This is... I think Putin is pretty much at this stage of the game hell-bent on going into Ukraine. So the hopes over the last week that there was a mollification or there was a ten- lessening attention on the bow, a detente, whatever, those seem to have fallen by the wayside, and intelligence now suggests that he's going in. The question now becomes that becomes fluid is how involved do we really want to get? <clears throat> That's where um, it tends to get relatively tricky. So we will be keeping an eye on that, and uh, I will be back with you guys. Who knows? We'll probably be at war sometime by tomorrow morning anyway, if not tonight. Um, okay, I'm Jeremy Lee. This is Standing Ground. This is Mojo Five O Radio. Thank you all for listening. Don't forget, Spreaker, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, Podchaser. I'm there. You can listen to me at your leisure. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you. Scott McKay, and I will talk to you guys next Wednesday at 12 noon. Hey, it's a weekend. Enjoy yourselves. Bye-bye. Standing Ground has been a production of Leahy Media. Hey, everybody, we're all going to get laid. is the seditious, rabble-rousing, liberty-loving, home of fun, entertaining, and compelling talk. Mojo 5 
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.